there's someone you should meet. Good day, good evening, whatever time you're listening to this, hello, I'm Josh, and this is the first episode of There's Someone You Should Meet, to whoever, whomever, I don't know which one's right, to you out there that's listening, man, just thank you so much for tuning in. It has been a lot of fun to put this together, and I'm excited to finally bring this show to you. First off, special thanks to Lou Ruiz for the amazing music you just heard at the beginning. Unbelievable stuff. Also, big thanks to Rachel Creative for her incredible design work on the show logo. It actually makes this look like it's a, pa- a passable thing that it, that exists. So those two are a lot more talented than I am and than I'll ever be. Thank y'all so much. Y'all are incredible. Y'all are awesome. Today's episode is going to be a blast. First, my pal Vince and I will break down the season premiere of Marvel's Loki, uh, currently running on Disney+. Plus. Then I got to chat with the brilliant Chelsea Movia Diago. She's a fr- friend of mine, former Marine a mother of four, and has a story that's out of this world and you will not want to miss out on, I promise. I put some checkpoints on the episode description if you prefer to skip around a little if that's your style. Uh, and now it comes my favorite part um, where I get to ask you to promote me. <laughs> Yay! Yes, let's get it excited. If you enjoy the show, please give us a follow, give us a subscribe, write a nice review, share on social media, um, I am your coworkers. Uh, tell the checkout person at the grocery store. Literally, please, please just do anything. Uh, I don't know if I can handle checking the analytics and seeing just two subscribers um, in there, and one of them is for my wife because I made her, and for my mom because I set up her Spotify account for her, and I followed myself under her name. Um, yeah, so last thing, I promise this is, this is just just for this episode, this will not always be this long, we're going to get the show on the road, um, but last thing, um, you can follow me on Instagram, at Josh underscore Myatt, um, you can also follow me on TikTok, at JD Myatt, um, you can find news, uh, updates on there, someone you should meet, <sighs> And honestly, you know, if you just want to witness a guy um, going through an early midlife crisis by trying to get likes on social media, because what am I doing with myself, really? <laughs> I mean, what if this show sucks? <laughs> what, what would that even say about me? Oh, my God. Oh, what am I doing? Oh, gosh. What am I doing? Oh, my heart's racing. Oh, my heart's racing. I can't breathe. I can't breathe. Uh, oh, I think I'm having a panic attack. Oh, I'm having a panic attack. Oh, Anyways, enjoy the show! Hello, friends. This is our first episode, officially launching. I did it, Dad. 
I proved you wrong. <laughs> you told me I could do it. <laughs> and I did. Um, so we have that going for us. Uh, I got, uh, this is starting great. I got Vince. I got, I got my boy Vince on the line. We're ready to throw hot takes. Come in. Vince, they even know, do they even know what's coming their way? They don't. They don't. I think a lot of people are going to be pretty um, flustered, probably um, inconvenienced by hearing what I have to say most, most of the time. So yeah, I'm not one that lacks opinion, but um, excited to be here. I think we're I think we're gonna get in a good spot um, and, and probably really upset people. But if we're not upsetting people, we're probably not we're probably not uh, doing what we set out to do. Yeah, if you're not if you're not setting the world on fire, like what are you doing here? Yeah, <laughs> what are you doing here? Yeah, Vince and I have come together for there's someone you should meet. This is the entertainment portion of the podcast uh, moving forward. We're going to be chatting about the latest movie releases, and currently we're going to start off uh, with a little Disney Plus show called Loki that just recently... <laughs> Ever heard of it? Ever have, heard have of it? Have you heard of it, people? I don't know why you're listening if you haven't, but I don't want you to leave the podcast because I am insecure, so please keep listening even though there will be spoilers ahead. Uh, we're going to be talking about the first episode, we're going to be talking about what we think is going to, going to happen beforehand. And then as the podcast goes, we'll be talking about all of the most relevant entertainment and just, just yeah. crushing it. Yeah. Josh, I, Josh I mean, tell them, tell them, I mean, we're, we're starting off with the, with the ultimate candy and popcorn start with Loki, but I mean, tell them we're, we're going to get in a little bit of everything. And I mean, a little bit of everything. I think you're going to see obviously these Disney plus shows, um, me and Josh love movies. I, I, I am thrilled to the fall movie slate is freaking loaded. I, I literally wrote down before we came here, we're going to get into shows. I mean, Josh, what have you been watching lately um, that you think historically are, are moving forward? We would cover on this podcast that maybe aren't your traditional MCU fair. Movie wise, of course, we have Fast 9 coming down the pipeline. That will definitely be discussed here because it is the movie of our time yeah. in our generation for our grandparents it was going with the wind yeah. for us yeah. it's the fast and furious franchise yeah have you seen have you seen that they're talking about combining the jurassic park uh universe with the fast nine like that's a real thing they're oh, going they, for it the world i don't know if the world could handle jurassic park ending and then there's a little stinger and it's vin <laughs> diesel driving up to save a, CGI, to, a cgi paul walker yeah like, like those velociraptors mess with Chris, my family. Chris Pratt. Chris Pratt's about Chris Pratt's about to get eaten by some raptors before a I don't even know. I don't even know my cars. Whatever Fast and Furious car Ford just Focus. comes for Ford yeah. Focus. Yeah, so pre, until a Prius just uh T-bones the raptor <laughs> to reveal Vin Diesel. It's here to save the day. I can't wait. We hope you will. Stay with us um, here. So we're going to get going. We had the we had the series season one premiere of Loki, one of the OGs of Marvel. He's been there since the beginning. Now he's getting his own his own show. Vince, to start off for a little bit of a setup, if you you will, just what are your thoughts just on Loki the character? Where does he rank on just all time characters of Marvel, let alone the mm-hmm. uh, let alone villains, because he, I've, 
it almost seems like he started as maybe a villain up to the Avengers, mm-hmm. but he just he just would not be denied, and he is just he's just held on to that to that Marvel bag all yeah. the way all the way up here. Quite a yeah. quite a sick story. Well, I mean, here's the truth. I am probably the ultimate OG Marvel Avengers fan. Um, I think it's like continues to be one of my top three favorite movies. I think at the time when it came out and, you know, two, I think it was a 2012 or whatever, I was, I was pretty skeptical that they would get all these characters to work together. And the success of that movie was, I think part of it is their ability to get those characters linked up and get them on the same page where it was funny, where it was witty, where it was entertaining, but the implications were serious. And then, and Loki was the perfect foil, right? I mean, he was, he was the perfect response and exactly what that movie needed. I, I, I still tell people that's one of my top three. Uh, I, I would agree with you that I don't think Loki is much of a villain anymore. I think you saw that transition into kind of this anti-hero kind of people that I have honestly, I feel like modern storytelling has really leaned into. We love the anti-hero and I think he is, is really great in that. So if I'm counting as a villain, he's definitely top like three or four uh, right up there with the, you know, I'm a big uh, fan of, of Hela. I think she's really good and, and, and it conveniently linked in those storylines. So um, I, I'm a, I'm a big fan. I think I, my initial impression with Loki walking away from this was like, and probably speak more to Tom Hiddleston, but was like, man, is this going to fill like the Robert Downey Jr., Tony Stark, like hole in our heart of, of, of this like incredibly like funny, witty, charismatic character. Um, so yeah, big Loki fan. You know, I think it goes without saying that this was my most anticipated of the Disney, of the Disney plus shows. Um, and yeah, I guess just what were your, what, I mean, wh- where's your, where's your temperature on it? I mean, and where, uh, you've obviously seen WandaVision and Falcon and Winter Soldier. I mean, just kind of initial release before and after the first episode. What are your what are your thoughts on that? This might have been the most intrigued, most locked in I was of all of all the episodes because it was everything was so new and so much so much information being thrown being thrown at you. So before a little bit of recap for those so essentially what happens starts off if you remember the point in avengers endgame they're trying to steal the infinity stones they're trying to get the tesseract um so they can use so they can bring those together but some shenanigans happen it gets in loki's hands and from the 2012 avengers that version of loki is able to grab the tesseract and burst off and in endgame we didn't know what happened to him we just know he disappeared and we didn't know where Loki starts. He lands in the middle of a Mongolian desert, quite similar to how if you uh, look back at Iron Man 1, it's a lot similar mm-hmm. to how Tony Stark landed in a desert once. Very similar shot. He lands there. And then a little group little group of folks called the Time Variance Authority. Sorry, I was about to say agency. They come in right on the dot. They capture him. They bring them up, bring them back to their headquarters. And it's basically, you know, it's basically like your 80s DMV uh, mm-hmm. place events. I feel like you would really thrive at the TVA, to be honest, <laughs> to be honest with you. So he basically goes goes through their process. And then from there on, it is just, it is just, you cannot take your eyes off because if you don't, you're going to be confused. So you get 
time you get timelines how there's one master uh, timeline going and just how all these multiverses because there's a bu- about to be a bunch of multiverse um, stuff happening with future movies you get kind of the introduction to that and then loki has a little chat with owen wilson aka mobius who is a tva agent who is investigating um a dangerous a dangerous variant who are people who act against the master timeline um essentially which loki, that is what loki is defined as but there's one uh, particular variant that is just wrecking havoc he's killing tva va- agents they can't get this can't get this guy or girl locked down Owen wilson they chat they chatted up Owen wilson is basically kind of a therapist a little bit and then uh 2012 Loki is able to get a highlight reel of what his life would have been and sees highlights from Thor Ragnarok, from Infinity War, where uh, Thanos quite gruesomely choked him out and sees how his life ends and then actually sees the the death of his mother, which is kind of the key to changing his mind and helping him realize kind of the error of his ways and that he and uh, gets him ready to move forward because the big reveal at the end is that the big dangerous variant that Owen Wilson is after is actually another version of Loki. Looks like it's going to carry the season. It was, yeah, it was, it was a lot. And I was, I was all, I was all for it. I feel like if you are watching Loki, you're pretty invested already. So it's exciting to see just all these different versions and some just brand, brand new that you hadn't seen before where WandaVision was kind of, it felt like a, one big bottle episode if you will where it's just kind of this mm-hmm. isolated incident falcon the winter soldier had some familiarity to it because it was a continuation from what happened in in game <clears throat> where this where you're just you're dropped into this unknown world that hasn't really been talked about up until now maybe you know some easter eggs here here and there but seeing this brand new place uh i was all for it it was still though uh it was personally hard for me to see all the infinity stones used as paper paperweights. It created this, yeah. this fascinating thought thought project of, you know, does this mean that Thanos just would have easily, like they would have no issue bringing him into the, you know, to the TVA. The TVA just sounds, they're these average Joes, but they're somehow also the most powerful beings in the, in the universe. So it's an interesting turn to take that right now, I don't know, quite how to feel about it but i'm excited to learn to learn more yeah you bring up like a good point like i'm curious how many people that turn this on because i think i i I think you're actually getting a pretty big new audience on a lot of these disney plus shows i have multiple people in my life that are like yeah i'm watching one division i've seen like a third of the marvel movies and i'm like what a bizarre stupid thing you just told me but i'll just like you know and i'm like oh that's great and i'm really just kidding It's, it's good but like you know, this, this show, I'm curious, like how many people like understand, like, this isn't the Loki from the, you know, the movie Endgame, you know, little, you know, this is the, the most, the most seen movie probably of all time or, or highest grossing movie of all time. Like this is 2012 fresh off the, the Avengers. You have not had that character development, but that kind of turned to the good side with Thor. So I think that would be super interesting to see how the show handles that transition I think him getting to kind of revisit a lot of his life events, we kind of sped that up. I actually kind of love this. This is the Infinity Stones weren't there. I think there's, those, I think they'll get into it more, right? And they have to. They have to get into it more. Why 
those hold no power there. But I think the you you know we're we're full head of steam on this multiverse stuff. I mean, it's literally the next Doctor Strange movie, Multiverse of Madness. You saw cartoon explanation that came in when Loki stepped into the TVA. Literally said Multiverse of Madness. I mean, I think you're you're heading into a, a, a scenario where we're really going to have to kind of get familiar with that. And I, but I am curious what the average fan of what the capacity will be to kind of undertake some of those things. And, you know, but I do think you get to a position where I think this show is not as good if the, or the hype is not as good if you have a different cast moving forward. I mean, Hiddleston, it was almost like he was put on this earth to play this role He's really good in it. He's always been really good in it. And he seems like he's kind of, you know, it's like that, it's like that role player, that six man of the year, they get traded to a new team and they get to instead of shooting, you know, eight shots a game in crunch time. Like they're putting up 25, 27 shots a game. And you're like, holy crap, this good person's always been this good. Now they have an opportunity. And, you know, the two things that I think stuck out, well, first off, the first thing is this episode, you know, was really good, but it was, it was a huge exposition dump. It was a huge dump to kind of catch us up, to get people maybe more familiar, which I think is an interesting thing. How much are they going to cater to people that are kind of just re- getting into the show that are more into the television show aspects of it. Cause there, it was a lot. I mean, we got an update from basically 2012, the present relived all of those moments, even though some of the, some of the Marvel stuff that doesn't slap quite as hard. You got some Thor dark world throwbacks in there, but the, um, the casting, I mean, and Josh Owen Wilson, like dear God, so good. I was like, I was like, I got, yeah. I mean, he was just, it wasn't even close. Hiddleston was great. Um, you know, and the, even the supporting roles, like you had, you had Gugu Magoth Raw in there, who's a great actress and, and these people that were killing it. But I was just like, you know, would I even have liked that first, first episode if it wasn't Owen Wilson? Like, I genuinely don't know. He was so good. His the ability to like talk to this God of mischief and someone that found themselves so, so important and to be so belittling in the way that he responds to the things. I was like genuinely laughing. Like he, all he needed to do was wow, wow. And like, you know, I was like, he's going full Owen Wilson on us. Right. And so I thought that was really great. And the second thing that I think that I maybe appreciated about this show and you know, I'll say this. WandaVision, I thought was good, sometimes great. I thought that Falcon and Winter Soldier was uh, mediocre, sometimes good. And I think what is going to get me in this show maybe a little bit more than those two is like just the pure aesthetic of it all. Like the, I, like any initial reactions, to like the DMV, I think is a perfect comparison of it, right? I think you could definitely see like if you're in the 70s movies, a Clockwork Orange inspiration. But then I thought a lot of Blade Runner when I was watching this. I was like this this mm-hmm. large capacity, this this kind of weird bureaucracy of, of things that are going on. You don't really see um, the sun and when they're kind of underground and all that. So I was like, had some major, the, the vibes were, they, they were immaculate in this episode. And I really hope they keep those up. Because I think that kind of set that apart from me and it, and it kind of a, a transition away from that kind of loud, big, colorful, like MCU color palette we're so used to seeing. So, I mean, again, I am all in on Owen Wilson and he hasn't like he hasn't done any, a lot of stuff. Like looking at his IMDb, I was like, he hasn't made a lot of stuff. I know he's in the French Dispatch coming up later this year, but just like I, I, I just one of the more perfect castings. And I think just him alone kind of elevated maybe from what the other Disney Plus shows gave. It was quite refreshing to see him and for him and and the Loki character there to just explain 
this part of the world, they're probably the best possible options. Like I think if you drop Thor in there, drop, you know, just name, name like any other Mar- Marvel character, this, mm-hmm. this show and explaining you just, you need that banter between them and you need, you know, you need the intellect of Loki, someone who's up to this point, usually been the smarter, you know, been the smarter man. He's been able to outwit his way out of any situations, just to, whether it be to stay alive or to get, get what he wants and how to be dropping the situation where he's trying to figure things out, but you still have his, his cunning, you know, perception of everything. Right. It's just, it's a, it's a way, even the questions I had after the episodes and, and wondering about it, you know, in the moment, you're so just grip you're gripped by these two because they're just so they're just so entertaining entertaining to watch yeah moving forward i think that's going to be it's going to be a lot of i feel like it'll be really entertaining in the moment and then you're going to have to come back and be like okay like what really <laughs> uh, what what really happened um here so how did you feel about the big reveal at the end that loki's going to be chasing a a version of himself kind of a, this is kind of going to be it was kind of opening the door of like, okay, this is what the multiverse is going to, is going to be like. Yeah. I mean, you know, this, um, maybe others don't, but I, I'm, I'm a little bit more well-versed in, in, in comic canon and things like that. So I, I, I wouldn't, I will say, I just wasn't super surprised just because I think you, there's plenty of kind of backstory and things that the likely will pull from in this story that will give us a good sense. But I'm thrilled to see it, right? I think my, like, if you had to sum up any sort of story that it was, like, injected into my veins, it's always, like, the good guy, or sorry, the bad guy having to do, like, to join the squad, one last ride, kind of things like that. And so I love the fact that it's, like, a villain hunting a villain, right? It, it gives me, like, you know, I think that's why I love things like Sicario and and things like that, because you're always just, like, these people aren't good, and Loki, in theory, yeah, he's an anti-villain, he's never been good, he has his moments, and and some, like, honestly, some of the more heartwarming things that happen in MCU involve him, but, like, ultimately, you have a villain that doesn't necessarily have the same, like, North Star as, like, a Captain America does, like, kind of hunting someone, so, I mean, I'm not going to get super deep into kind of like, you know, later, but the multiverse really opens us up into like different variants of variants, right? I mean, I think it goes without saying there's very popular comics that include things like Kid Loki and Lady Loki, these different variants of Loki himself. Um, So it could go that, he could be hunting different versions of himself. Or maybe, I mean, my kind of looking forward, like the TVA was, I thought it was just brilliantly done how they, I love the kind of the cartoon intro, the way that um, the bureaucracy of it all, Owen Wilson didn't even seem bought in. So I'm like, I could foresee a future where Loki realizes that while what they're asking to do, that they're actually the bad guys. And then maybe Mobius joins him in kind of their own like rebellious effort. So really looking forward to that and, and seeing him kind of hunt these other individuals so I, I i'm fascinated to see where they go with it i think that the that options are endless but as long as we can kind of keep those two together i'm like i i could watch 20 30 hours of these two just like having a chat because that was the best part of the show for me i mean what are, what are your hopes for it moving forward i mean again i i think this episode it was a lot of exposition i think people if you're super into it you're super well versed you may feel a little let down because you're like hey this is stuff i already knew but they have to set the stage here. I mean, they are introducing kind of the fact that they're introducing a universe where the infinity stones are worthless. I think you have to kind of, you have to set the ground rules. Yeah. Looking for what you meant, what you mentioned earlier about kind of the TVA, there were, there were some hints just from the setting, the tone of, of the agency, you know, had this ominous 
you know, dark, you know, dark, you know, no, no sunlight. If you look even closely, some of the imagery and posters around the agency had kind of a big, you know, big brother vibe to it. So you brought up a good point of there's more to the TVA probably than, than we've learned in the first, first episode. So it's going to be interesting to see that play out. Yeah. What I'm wondering is think about WandaVision and Falcon and the Winter Soldier was they did similar things where there was hints that maybe something was bigger for WandaVision. Help me out. The, it was the big, the big demon character that we thought was going to Mephisto. 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 We thought things were going to play into Mephisto, but it ended up being pretty straightforward of um, Agatha and, and Wanda. It was pretty, ended up being straightforward. And then with Falcon and the Winter Soldier ended up being, just kind of being the flag smashers um, mm-hmm. spy we and we thought maybe there's going to be bigger things and ended up just kind of being straightforward so i'm curious so i'm curious how loki will play out because right now they're setting up this alternate loki as the villain they're cha- chasing after um, so it's going to be interesting is it going to be something where we're going to have all this youtube con- content of finding easter eggs we could see all these clues of something else and then it's just going to turn out to be they look after and find you know find this other loki and and not much build, builds off of that it could still be entertaining but i'm uh, wondering if they'll take more you know if they're going to build more if there's going to be more impact on the few on the future movies so we'll see what i'm personally really looking forward to one of my favorite scenes from the premiere uh was when owen owen wilson mobius he showed him the footage from the first avengers when the avengers teamed up and he's describing to Loki that it's in his character to create the best best versions of other of other people yeah. through through his own loss and kind of telling him that it's his destiny to lose <laughs> pretty yeah pretty uh, pretty much i think that's going to be a big theme throughout the season of Loki wanting to defy what fate might have for him which is for him to be defeated or whatever that might might look like for him i think that along with you know seeing the fate of his fan his family i think that really struck a chord with yeah. loki and with loki in the premiere and this thing you know obviously when you're dealing with in a world that's dealing with time and multiverses of course you're probably gonna you're gonna have to wrestle with the questions of fate free will and the power mm-hmm. of our cho- choices and so for loki to be told like every version of you ends up losing in some in some way mm-hmm. whether that be what happened in the avengers to eventually his fate you know with thanos so i think that's going to be really really interesting to see also with this other loki that they're pursuing is it going to be the same type of deal where they have similar motivations that is what i'm looking forward to um, mm-hmm. the most because yeah we're having to reestablish this new loki character that the past year you know the version that we've gotten to know is no longer there and we're kind of have to get to know a whole a whole new character so making us believe that the 2012 loki that was the big bad of mm-hmm. the first avengers movie are we going to believe that uh he's turning a corner in my head in the back of my head i'm like wasn't it like a day ago, for this loki wasn't it like a day ago that he was yeah like mass killing <laughs> yeah people and, uh, like, yeah <laughs> genocide yeah he like, was he wasn't just like goof like goofing off doing what he wants he was a pretty yeah (laughs) yeah i think that's i think that's going to be the biggest challenge of this show right i think if people come to grips with like when this this loki's from i think 
while I really enjoyed him kind of getting that, you know, sports center download of, of all the moments that happened in his future, it reminded me a lot of when, um, when Thanos sees him in, in, in the, in the later in game movies. But, you know, I do think there, like, it was a pretty expedited character development with him crying and things like that. So I do think they'll want to make sure that they kind of can explain this character development, because you're exactly right. It was mere hours ago that he was trying to literally like destroy New York down to the to its core and take over the humans right and then but I do think you kind of did get some like really good quotes in there you know uh, uh, that kind of showed you that that 2012 Loki does still does still exist you know he I think he says you know he's like talking about burning the place to the ground and that he's a god and that gods don't plead I think that was like a really great line you know to your earlier point I think you know, my, I think I, I kind of already shared my thoughts of the earlier Disney Plus shows, but in reality, I think that we're in a position, right, where those shows with, with WandaVision, I think theorizing got a little bit out of control. I didn't ultimately mind that there wasn't a big reveal. You know, I actually thought that the worst, one of the worst things about Falcon and Winter Soldier was the way they handled the power broker reveal and things like that. But the truth is, is like, I don't need that in this show. I think it's very clear. They're making it very clear that the the, the villain in this show is ultimately, you know, while it might up being the TVA or it might be end up being a variant Loki, it's right. It's like, it's the predestination versus free will. It's a much more like fun and lighthearted, lighthearted version of like the show Debs, right? Of even if you know where the train is headed, can you change it? And I think where that they really were kind of hinting at that in the first episode, you know, when Mobius says like, I can't offer you salvation, but maybe I can offer you something better. And so Loki kind of coming to grips with like what he's predestined to do, that he exists for others to find the, the better side of themselves. You know, will he have the opportunity to do that himself? And ultimately, if he knows what's happening of, of, of all this aspects of what it means to be a variant or these other multiverses, how does he handle that? How does that change him as a character? And ultimately, does he have any authority or is he just predestined to move down to this end of, a, end of his file, like the, like the screen says? So I think, I hope that's the villain. I don't, need, I don't need a big bad. I don't need the implications of this to expand into phase four or introduce the next Thanos. Like I'm totally fine with these two guys kind of working through that thought process together. That's kind of my hope for the show. And because it is, it probably means it will introduce the next big bad because Every time we think we're getting something, we kind of get the other. It's so good. But I think that's what really where the show is headed. It, 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 I think it's like asking actually some pretty like interesting philosophical questions of, of can he make a change? Um, and, and does he even have the option to make a change? So I think that's it's an interesting topic that they're exploring in kind of this very like fun and witty universe. We will definitely be tuning in every week to see how this develops and uh to wrap things up we're gonna come to our favorite our favorite section of the podcast that is grade that take with mr vince how it works i'm gonna make a few statements whether it's things i've seen on the internet or it's just my own personal thoughts i'm gonna say the take and then vince is going to give them a grade of how good of how good they are because that's what he's about that's what he's best at that's what he's best at <laughs> you know if you know if you need if you need someone to check to temperature check um, your take, like is it sizzling or is Luke lukewarm? <laughs> we run it by Vince, and he is the thermometer for us all. So let's get so let's get started. Of course, these are all going to be uh, Loki centric. So my first one, Loki Tom Hiddleston is the most important Marvel Cinematic Universe character of them all. The num the number one 
more important Ooh. than Iron Man, Captain Captain America. He is the mo- he is the most important one. Yeah, I would I would probably say he's number two behind Mantis. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean that's a pretty hot take. I think it's hard just because I think to put importance on anyone that has is is committed the atrocities that he has. I uh, I'm gonna say that's a that's a pretty hot take. I think that's a, that's like an eight out of ten there. Um, I, I ultimately don't agree with that. I think it's while it's an interesting concept, I think that you're gonna see an expansion of these, you know, our traditional core characters. I, I still have to give it up to Captain America or Iron Man the most, of, or, or maybe even Nick Fury for kind of bringing these people together. I think we've, especially since to the point of, of, of that Loki is exists in a way has always existed. His character has been very malleable throughout all these movies. He kind of, they get him to do what they want. If he needs to be a good guy, if he needs to be a bad guy or the bad guy, they've been able to do that. But, um, you know, I, I don't want to underplay as important. I think from a, from a traditional villain standpoint, I, but with the exception of Thanos, I think he's probably number two. Let's go on to the second grade that take. That is, we kind of alluded to it earlier, but Seeing the Infinity Stones as paperweights is going to ruin the show and the Marvel Universe moving forward. No, nah, that's, that's a weak take. That's two out of ten. You got to move on from that, buddy. You got to move on, Josh. Look, I mean, here's the truth. is like in comic canon, like the stones, like don't, they don't, they lose their power as they shift universe. So like if, if, if Thanos had the glove and he had switched universes, it actually, he wouldn't have the same power. So I think that's why you're seeing that. They probably have had people try to, that are variants, try to utilize these stones in past history and, or they kind of gone those. I do think that it's not going to ruin it. I do think the more questions that you have to ask yourself at this point is, is, is if, if, if Loki is so guilty of, of, of breaking the timeline, like wh- what are they doing with Steve Rogers these days? Because my guy just like went back in the time and uh, returned all the stones and was like, no, nah, I'm good. I'm, I'm, I'm getting back with my ex-girlfriend. We're going to live life together and uh, we're going to kind of re- reunite this romance. And so I think the, they did make it very clear that the Avengers were allowed to do what they do, but I just don't see how Captain America got a slide. But there, there, there was people that were saying that Peggy Carter was in the background, if, I think, in, in there. So yeah. I'm like, may, did they get brought in, which would be kind of a weird kind of, I think a little bit, um, I think they would kind of struggle to return to Cap's character so quickly, but no, I think they're, they're going to have a good explanation for it. And I think um, there, I, th- I do think we're going to start transitioning out of kind of these stone storylines and, and kind of moving into a broader universe. I just want what I invest in, what I put my time <laughs> toward. I want it to matter. And just to see, I've watched all these movies, see how important these stones are. And then just to, they're still important in that timeline, Josh. They're just not important in this. Are other. they though? Are they? Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. But then even you know the Pillboy guy from uh from the Good Place, he was like, some oh, people did this. <laughs> some people. So I was like, maybe maybe they just don't know what they have. I mean, he ended in the Tesseract, and he was like, what is this? So we don't know that they're not don't have their power. I do think you kind of struggle if they're like people are just picking them up and stuff like that. Like, how would they not, you know, obviously in the Guardians movies, there was implications to touching them and, and things like that, but they could come into play. I don't think they will. Um, but yeah, I think you got to realize that these, these different multiverses and stuff, there's a different set of roles and a different set of powers in them. I like it. All right. For our third, third and final one, this is a prediction. This is a prediction take. It'll be Mobius. Mobius will attempt to backstab 
Loki. That's a, that's mm, a, that that's a point. And it'll be a switch of what you usually see from Loki. It's going to be, it's going to be done. It's going to be done from him. Mm. I don't buy it. I don't buy it. It's spicy. I just, I would be, so, I, I've, I've become wildly too invested into this Owen Wilson character already. So I would be pretty disappointed. I, I let me, let me give your, give your take with a take. I think there's a, there's a very specific villain that's already been casted. Jonathan Majors is going to play King the Conqueror in this, in the MCU. If you're familiar with Jonathan Majors, I think he's one of our like best young actors. He was great in the last black man in San Francisco. He was in the new Lovecraft country show moving forward, just a really, really good actor. And he has been cast. And I think the, the villain and the backstabbing and everything that's going to go, I'm much, more of the, I'm much more of the belief that Owen Wilson is actually going to come to grips with it, the organization that he works for, and he kind of turns on the TVA himself and kind of bands up with Loki um, to do that. So I, I'm not buying that. I think, that's a, I think that take is weak. I don't want to hear it, and I refuse to accept it, and I will only, uh, only be supportive of things that keep Owen Wilson on my screens because I, I didn't realize how much I missed him um, until, he, until he popped back up. Looking great, by the way. That mustache that he had, I was like, man. And then that just, like, his nose is just so legendary. I mean, it was just, like, such a good-looking dude. Um, and I was, I was pretty, pretty jealous to see him up there. He's an underappreciated ageless star. Paul, uh, Paul yeah. Rudd gets a lot of credit for yeah. aging and looking better. But yeah. Wilson's been, he's been around since, you know, 30. He's going on 30 years or so. Yeah. Over under, how many Mar- over under how many Marvel movies Owen Wilson has seen? Two? I've seen over two. under under for for sure he's chilling <laughs> yeah. in austin yeah he's he's chilling somewhere and he just wanted to come hang out for a few <laughs> weeks so okay we have a wild card round vince do you have any of your own hot takes you want to spill for the seat uh, whether it be on episode one or looking ahead to the rest of loki the series i okay here's mine loki when it's all said and done will be a top five mcu entrance including all movies and all tv shows what do you think? I think it's an agreeable take, so I'm going to give it about a C plus. Okay. okay. On it. I'm a tough judge, though. So. Okay. Okay. We'll see where we go. I'm excited for the show. I think we're moving in the right direction. Yes. I, uh, you know, admittedly think we have some early rebound, and I'm curious how it's going to play. I mean, we're going to get this show running up straight into Black Widow, which I'm super amped for. Um, I have sold all of my uh, dog coin, all of my Bitcoin, and have uh, invested heavily into Florence Pugh's future as one of our great, uh, bright young actresses. So I'm super excited to kind of see her um, in that loaded cast on, in, in early July. So I know we'll be talking and getting into that as well. Absolutely. All right. That is going to be all of our time for our low-key recap. We're going to end this segment. Our, our movie TV expert, Vince, he is always on top of what's, com- what's coming out on all your streaming platforms or in theaters. So Vince, real quick and uh, just a couple in a couple of sentences, what is what is a movie that you've watched recently that you think that our audience would enjoy by going to watch? Mm. Mm. Perhaps hey, that's, right at the top of my head. Um, so I watched Bo Burnham Inside. That was, uh, is that a movie? I'm not sure. Definitely dark sense of humor. Definitely something that I am. I have probably an appreciation for I'm a sad white boy. It's very sad boy, white boy humor himself. Um, I think, man, there's not been a lot of good movies lately. I've seen a lot of bad movies. Oh man. We need, we need it. Josh, I'm going to answer your question with a question. All right. I'm going to answer your question with forward looking. 
Ready? I'm just going to read this up. This is how we're going to end this podcast. Ready? Right. Movies that if you saw these movies every day, every weekend for the till Christmas, this is what I would say. Fast Nine, Zola, Black Widow, Space Jam, Old, which is the new M. Night movie, Green Knight, new A24 movie, Stillwater, where Matt Damon looks like he just got out of the, the Capitol uh, on, Janu on January 6th, Suicide Squad, uh, Respect, which is the uh, Aretha Franklin movies. We have Candyman, we have Shang-Chi, Card Counter, Venom, Dear Evan Hansen, Eyes of Tammy Faye, Many Saints in Newark, Dune, by far my most anticipated movie of the year, read the book for the first time, Legendary, Denny Villeneuve, my favorite director, No Time to Die, little James Bond movie, The Last Duel, great set pictures, check it out, Prince Dispatch, we're getting Owen Wilson back, we're getting Jackass 4, which is very, uh, you know, probably the most uh, founding text of my young childhood, Late, mm -hmm. Last Night in Soho, amazing trailer, Eternals, ever heard of it. Uh, new Ghostbusters, King Richard about Serena Williams' father, Top Gun Maverick, House of Gucci, more amazing set photos, little uh, little movie called West Side Story, Spider-Man No Way Home, and ending the year with Matrix 4 with Keanu Reeves back in his role. Let's freaking go. And we are going to cover every single one. <laughs> All I of them. I can't wait. I can't wait. I'm here uh, every week. We're going to be spitting it out. Uh, I, uh, uh, yeah, the woman in the window is terrible. I saw, I watched Ryan the Last Dragon, pretty good. Um, so that's all I got for you that I've seen lately. It's all good. It's all good, man. We have some exciting things ahead of us. And to our audience, we appreciate you uh, put, putting up with us. The takes are only going to get hotter from here. So get ready. But until then, Vince, appreciate you sitting down. I'll uh, I'll see you next week, buddy. All right, I'll see you then. Thanks, right. guys. Later. Well, friends, there is someone you should meet. The special guest and I, we go back to the glory days of high school, and I've had the pleasure of reconnecting with her recently, and she's allowing me to bug her uh, today on the podcast. She's a five-year military veteran. She is wife to a current Marine, and she is a, a clinical associate uh, for a company that when I looked it up, it was so advanced that I felt dumb just trying to describe it, <laughs> <laughs> so I can't, and uh and if you ever need to put a smile on your face, you can check out um, this person's Instagram at Mrs. Movi um, and just check out four of the cutest kids um, you'll ever see or meet uh, Leona, Nora, Clara, and Will. Yep. So um, this lady, she could kick my butt back in the day and she <laughs> most certainly could kick it now. So ladies and gentlemen, please meet Mrs. Chelsea Movia Diago. Oh, hey, you got it. Yeah, <laughs> you got it. it. Good right. job. I know when I try to do like the Hispanic like sounds oh to it, I don't, I don't know. I feel uh, I still feel weird, even if it's like correct. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like we get all kinds of names. People have no idea. And I always know when like if I'm at the doctor's office, I know I'm next because the poor soul who comes out and has to say my name. <laughs> I can tell they're just trying to look around like somebody help me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, oh, that's me. That's me. <laughs> you can just go off of facial expressions now. If if yes. you're if you're next, just the concerned, like, please don't let me say it. Yeah, I mean, my husband is from South America. He's Colombian. That's his whole last name. So, 
my last name was Muller. I mean, it, that was really easy. And so now I get people looking at me like, are you Italian? And I'm like, no, my husband's Colombian. That's his whole last name. So thank you to my husband. <laughs> How many years are you all going now? Um, you and Juan? Juan. So we got married December 31st, 2009. So 11 years, it'll be 12 this New Year's Eve. Yeah. Congrats. Congratulations. Thank that, you. That it's, is incredible. It, 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 I can't believe it. Some days we look at each other and I'm like, man, this is, this is legit. I mean, we're in it for the long haul. <laughs> so he's still, uh, so he's still active duty right now. Yeah. He, so we both actually joined at the same time without knowing it. Um, he joined about a month before me and we met, um, about three or four months after we had enlisted and that was it. He stayed in. I got out. I wanted to uh, have babies and finish going to college and work in an environment that was not so stressful, I guess you could say. Yeah, I bet. <laughs> I bet. Yeah. Well, you got to accomplish those things being from uh, San Diego State. Go Aztecs. Yes, go Aztecs. I went to one sporting event the entire time I was there because, <laughs> you know, mom, I was a mom in college and a wife and you don't get to, you know, do those normal college things and nor did I want to. Like I was so over that. I was like, ugh, it's nine o'clock. Like I need to right. go to bed. <laughs> that was me yeah. in college already. So I was yeah. <laughs> already an old soul at that, at that yes. point. So uh, I mentioned them in the intro. Um, your three daughters and a uh, and little and little boy are just adorable to see uh, on Instagram. So, just how's that dynamic like with uh, with Juan still was Juan still being active um, and kind of the back and forth? How just how the two the two of you uh, balance that family dynamic? So, when I was active duty, my last year in, my unit was not doing anything special. So, my husband and I decided, you know what, let's let's make a baby. So, you know, I actually didn't really get to be with my oldest daughter the first few months of her life, because when you're active duty, you go back to work six weeks after um, and your child is expected to be in daycare. Now, I think it's changed. I think I think moms and dads get a little more time off, which I think is amazing. But I went back to work. Um, It's not nine to five. It's more like seven to six or seven to seven. Mm -hmm. So my sweet Leona was in daycare, you know. 12 hours a day for the first few months of her life. So once I got out and I had to learn how to be a mom, I like to say it was a rough transition. Um, But since then, you know, I've obviously gotten better and had more kids, but with Juan being gone a lot, um, it's, I really had to learn to just lower my standards when it comes to trying to be super mom and getting everything done all the time. Um, your kids are going to grow up to be who they're going to be, you know, just love them and do what you can and be there for them. And that's really what I try to do every day to the best of my ability is just let them know that I love them. And if that means we're eating cereal for dinner, then we're going to eat cereal for dinner because daddy's gone. So it's just, you just got to roll with the punches. Absolutely. So we, when it's, uh, so when it's just you, uh, just you there, I, I, I'll, I'll see these posts and yeah, I'm envisioning, you know, if you're on, if you're on your own watching them and then also, uh, working full time, like I see mm-hmm. that I'm like, man, I'm having trouble just putting the, di- putting the dishes up uh, in the same yeah. day, let, uh, let alone know, watching. A, a lot of people say that, but 
I like to tell parents this, especially new parents, that first kid is a game changer because you're going from me, 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 me to, oh my gosh, now I have this other person who is so needy. Little kids are so incredibly needy. Um, and so that first kid, I, I don't think I could do all of this by myself if it was my first time. My older kids are totally independent. Like they don't need me. They don't want to be around me sometimes. You know how it is. Like mm-hmm. when you get older, <laughs> mom is not cool anymore. So they do a lot, you know, for themselves. They can get themselves dressed and they shower and brush their own teeth and wipe their own butts, which is very important, you know? Yes. yes. So it, it's not as stressful as one may seem looking from the outside in, you know, whenever I was at San Diego state, my last semester, I was pregnant with Will and I had no idea he had down syndrome. So whenever I got that result back, um, it kind of upended my whole career goal, I guess you could say. Um, I'm a little bit of a nerd. I love public health and, um, a little bit of math. Uh, but I wanted to go into a field called epidemiology, which is where you study like disease patterns among the population, but you have to be out, like you have to be out and about doing that. Mm -hmm. So once I found out he had down syndrome, I knew that I was going to have to work from home, uh, because he has a heart defect and I had to go to and from so many different medical appointments every other day. Um, so yeah, I've been very lucky to work from home, but I don't think I ever want to not work from home. I love it. Yes, I'm a I'm a big fan. I guess the one uh, silver lining is it's kind of changed the workforce now to yeah. now as we're kind of entering a time where businesses are considering going back. It's hard for any business now to just say like, all right, we're going to be back in the office full time. Seems like, yeah. as I know, uh, I know at least where I where I work, they're now bound that you just have to balance the work from home life now because it's yeah. just so convenient. It really is, and like I cannot imagine having to get up and get fully ready again <laughs> and like <laughs> go be around people all the time again. I I'm such a hermit and I love it. I'm totally cool being home all day. Yes. You and I both and the wife, yeah, the wife, she has to go in one, uh, she goes in once a week now. And I just, it's, it's heartbreaking just to watch her having to, you know, having to put on jeans and uh, <laughs> all that. I'm like, Oh my gosh, I couldn't imagine having to yeah Yeah, jeans are scary right now for sure they're scary yeah Yeah, there's always that uh (laughs) that moment when I put like one leg in the pant leg and I'm like how is this gonna how is this gonna go (laughs) yeah oh my gosh I feel that in my soul (laughs) absolutely I I love seeing your updates of Will he's um he's amazing he's amazing to watch how uh how are the three girls as just big, big sisters um, to him? Oh my gosh, that poor boy. So he, <laughs> he um, does not get to make any decisions for himself. Um, those three girls keep him fed, entertained. He, I mean, he just goes where they go. They drag him around everywhere. I mean, he's two, you know, like mm-hmm. what sort of autonomy do you have when you're two really? Um, but he sometimes fights back. You know, he, uh, he likes to terrorize my four-year-old a little bit. He was very into pulling hair for a little while, but, um, yeah, right. Yeah. He's like, I'm not going to take this anymore, but he, um, he loves it and they love it. They are, they think he is just the coolest. Um, 
especially after having a house full of girls. We actually have a little boy now, which is different. Lots of anatomy questions, which has helped my parenting with my husband because I'm like, oh my gosh, um, how do we answer these questions? Right, right. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So you mentioned Will uh, having Down syndrome and Uh living with that. I'm imagining, you know, that just requires some just additional needs to uh, attend to them. So how is that, I guess, for your three, three daughters, is there um, like an understanding, you know, to, to kind of look after him um, more? So I don't know how to ask. (laughs) No, that's that's okay. And that's, and that's, that's a really good question. So when someone has Down syndrome and I'm still learning, I mean, I'm, I'm still learning. So every kid born with Down syndrome is different. They have Down syndrome. That's that's a thing. Everybody has it. There's no such thing as mild Down syndrome or, you know, a severe case of Down syndrome. It just is what it is. But each child, as with every typical child, develops differently. Some kids start walking at nine months. Some don't walk until they're one and a half. And same with Will, except his timelines are lengthened just a little bit. So for him, he really didn't start walking around until he was a little after two. And now he walks around everywhere and tries to run. And we like to call him Jack Sparrow from uh, (laughs) Pirates of the Caribbean. That's his name, right? Jack Sparrow. You got it. Yes. Yeah. I don't know why that sounded funny, but he kind of has this like pirate walk that he does (laughs) when he tries to run. Iconic, yes. Yeah. But for him, his really only special needs are that he has low muscle tone in his mouth, so he cannot eat regular food or he'll choke. So it's a lot of very soft food. I love those like pouches that we can get. Um, Oh yes. So they can't give him snacks and he gets really mad because he wants what they have. Um, But they've, they've become very attentive to what's on the floor, what's around them, you know, what he can and cannot have. And I feel like they have just being so little, they've already recognized the need to be selfless and pay attention to what's going on with him because he has choked and it's very scary. Yeah. Yes. Uh, feeding, uh, actual foods. If you were to ask me like, what, what's one thing that surprised you as a parent? I was like, I did not realize the fear I would have feeding food to, to my baby. I, we, it could be just absolute mush liquid <laughs> yes. and, I'm, and I'm still just frozen. Like until they're like back to normal again. Yes. <laughs> and it's so hard because Cause it's just like normal for a baby to, you know, part of their reaction is just kind of like struggling to get it, to mm-hmm. get it down. And the best thing is just to let them work through it or, yes. to like help, or to help them spit it out. Like you're not, you're taught not to like reach in and try to, it's one of those things where I'm, I'm the one panicking and my wife's just like eye rolling <laughs> uh, at me. Uh, it's that husband brain. That's what I tell my husband. It's the yeah, husband brain. <laughs> it's a, uh, yeah, it is. I did not imagine how difficult that would be. Yes. You mentioned the attentiveness and selflessness that your daughters have had. I could just imagine, I could just imagine just probably how wonderful and how much of impact and inspiration that has on you Yeah. to to see, to see as a mom. So just seeing our one interact with just any person lights us up. (laughs) So, yeah, um, I mean, and they, they don't really know the difference. I mean, Will is exactly like you would think a two-year-old boy is. Gross, (laughs) loud, burps, farts, always has his hands in his pants. Like, I mean, he is a total 
two-year-old little dude. Um, he just doesn't talk yet. He kind of points and grunts and gets his point across. And, you know, he doesn't really eat all the things that we eat, but he is such a total stinky little two-year-old boy, but an absolute doll. We, we love him so much. He is just such a pleasure to be around. Well, that's, a, that's amazing. You're going to have to keep the videos, keep the, uh, keep the photos coming because uh, they always bring a smile to my face <laughs> um, each yes, day. Yes, me too. So the last time I really saw I really saw you was back called Station at, yeah. the old, at the old high school uh, A&M Consolidated. Yeah. And now today, kind of li- life in the military is something that's kind mm-hmm. of been a pretty big thing to define you and define your family. Mm-hmm. If you may, just what was your journey, you know, from small town called Station to, uh, to entering into the Marine Corps? I think it's funny that you say small town college station because the town that I moved from to come to college station had one stoplight. So All college right. <laughs> to me was the big city. So that's just, that makes me laugh when people are like, I'm from a small town college station. I'm like, Psh. what was the original <laughs> town that you moved to? God, I remember you were moving in. I remember you moved in and we're a new, mm-hmm. new student. What, what was the small town you came from again? It's called Bullard. That's right. Yeah, it's um kind of by Tyler. I think it's definitely grown since then. I mean, that was a long time ago, but yeah, it was it was really tiny. So I joined the Marine Corps when I was 19, close to turning 20. I had been in college for a year and I hated it. I was not making very good decisions, um, which kind of stemmed from my last year of high school, just drinking a lot, partying not no, being responsible. Not <laughs> no, no, <laughs> gosh, never. It's funny because I'm actually sober for like five or six years now. Oh, congratulations. But, thank you. Um, but I was just making really stupid, irresponsible decisions and I was getting tired of myself. You know, like I, I came to the point where I was like, I'm going to end up in prison or dead. And, and it was true. I mean, I just had to do something and I didn't want to be in school anymore. I was making good grades. Which, uh, which, which, what was your first college that you went to? So, so I went after I left College Station, I moved back to the Tyler Bullard area and I actually went to a junior college there called Tyler Junior College. Yeah. Yeah. They actually won the Junior College World Series that year. Oh, yes. 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 You know, big time. (laughs) Yes. So, um, I went there and I was actually pre med. I wanted to go to med school, but, maturity wise, that was never going to happen because I couldn't even get up in the morning to go to class because I was so hungover. So I, I enlisted my brother-in-law at the time enlisted. And I was like, dude, if you can do it, I can do it. Like I've been an athlete my whole life, waking up for two a day, softball, this and that and swimming, you know, like I can do it. And I did, I just straight up joined. I didn't tell anybody until I had already signed everything. And I left two weeks later and just said deuces, like I'm out, I'm going, I don't want to come back here. And I did. So I joined, I went to boot camp October 29th, 2007. I graduated January 25th, 2008 and just kind of got sent. I guess I was in California. I was in North Carolina, South Carolina, did all the training. And I ended up doing Mm -hmm. a job that I hated, which is funny because I'm in that field again now and I love it. Mm -hmm. But what was then called a data system specialist. I basically did a lot of like computer and networking stuff, but I, Mm -hmm. Oh, I hated it. Oh, it was awful. It was like being in a room full of people who played world of Warcraft. Like it was their life's mission. Yeah. Yeah, You know what I mean? But I met my husband out in 29 Palms, California in the smoking area 
because oh. we were real cool and smoked menthols. Um, oh yeah. Real sexy. <laughs> so we met and hit it off. I mean, it was just like magnets. Like he was, he was 18, about to be 19. I had just turned 20. He likes to rub it in that I'm way older than him. Um, <laughs> he calls me his really old lady, but we, we just hit it off and had like a year and a half there of, you know, off and on and distance relationship and finally ended up getting married. We got married young. People thought I was knocked up or something bad had happened and were making bets against us that we wouldn't stay married for more than six months. And oh, wow. was, I know, right. People are great. But yeah, so <laughs> I spent five years on active duty and it was just an incredible experience. I did a lot of growing up, a whole lot of growing up because in the Marine Corps, you are held accountable for your actions. Um, mm -hmm. And if you don't do the things you're supposed to do, you get in legal trouble. You have to be an adult and imagine having a group of 18 to 24 year olds who uh, maybe didn't do so well in life, join mm -hmm. one big team. Yeah. It's like all the bad kids getting together on one big team. And trying to control that, oh, goodness gracious. A lot of drinking, a lot of uh, acting crazy, and it's America's finest fighting force. I mean. So when do you think things took a, took a turn for you? Because you, you were talking about how, like, how you were coming out, of, coming out of high school and beginning of college and how, th how things were going. Um, when did things kind of start to take a sh shift for you? Like down or up? <laughs> I guess back, yeah, back on, you know, towards to, you know, how you are today, at least, you know, on the, on the sober track. I remember one night before I had left, I drank a lot with my friend who unfortunately ended up, um, still is a, is a major alcoholic and drug addict, but I got in my car and drove to a friend's house. And I, I don't remember that drive. And I just remember feeling disgusted with myself because I could have easily killed not only myself, but a family or some, you know, a, a dad, a mom, a college student, you know, and I just felt utterly disgusted with myself and really made an effort as a 19 year old to not be so wild and crazy. And it's hard when you have a group of people that you hang out with who that's all they do, you know? Mm -hmm. So when I joined the Marine Corps, yeah, I continued drinking with my buddies in the barracks because that's just what we did, but it wasn't as intense. And I knew that if I got caught drinking and doing something wrong, I was going to be held accountable for my actions. Mm -hmm. So that definitely helped, you know, having that accountability, having people around me who wanted to work hard and do better. And I also think just getting older and realizing that it wasn't cool to be tanked all the time, you know, it's just, it's not a lifestyle that you can have all mm -hmm. the time. So I actually got sober, I guess you could say unintentionally. It was after I got out, you know, and started having kids. You don't want to drink when you have children. Let me tell you. <laughs> I can imagine. <laughs> if you, my husband and I would go to dinner and we'd have a couple drinks. And even after just a couple, I would come home and feel like crap the next day. And I started developing like panic attacks after drinking, which is something called clinical hangover anxiety. It's a thing. 
and uh, it sent me to the emergency room one morning. So I stopped. And that was after two beers. So what kind of, what is like, I guess, what's going on in those moments when you're having that anxiety? Is it heart heart rate rising? Yes. Yes. Feeling nervous, like just feeling like feeling really guilty, you know, like you've done something wrong or impending doom, um, really shaky. And it's just a really horrible feeling, heart palpitations. And some people get hangover anxiety um, in like a very tolerable amount, but I was getting it to where I couldn't breathe and I was having like true panic attacks. So I just completely stopped drinking. So I have been 100% sober for over five years and it has been just the best thing. Like my husband drinks. He likes to have, he loves a good glass of whiskey. He's at the, Mm -hmm. he's old enough now where he actually drinks like whiskey on the rocks, you know, but it doesn't bother me. Like I am totally fine. Not ever drinking again, ever. For you as someone who doesn't drink, I guess when you're around friends, family, you know, and alcohol is involved, is there a, any like hesitation or do they check with you? Like, Oh, is this okay? (laughs) Hey dude, there's a comfort level there. No, most people I know, know that I used to party my ASS off (laughs) and know that I, when I make a decision, it's because I want to do it. I am totally rock solid in being sober, but I also know that there are people out there who can have one or two drinks and be totally fine. And I love that. Like drink and be merry, have your glass of wine, have your whiskey, whatever it is. But we hang out with people who don't get out of control. So I don't feel like they've ever had to stop and be like, oh, is it okay if I drink or, oh, is this going to bother you? Like, I'm not a fiend or anything. Mm-hmm. Um, I just, I'm always down to DD. I've got the minivan. We roll yes. like eight deep, you know? Yes. So I need you to convince yeah. my wife that we need a minivan. I'm the one uh, who wants the minivan. She's they rejecting are incredible. me. They're incredible. They're like mini, there's like a mini theater in the back. It's just it's yeah, awesome. My husband wants a cyber truck. A cyber truck. Yes. So how, how do those work? Or what is the, what is the setup on those? Uh, they're ugly. That's all I know. <laughs> I cannot stand it. He wants one. And I'm just like, I don't know what to tell you. You're going to have to write Elon Musk and ask for one. Cause I'm not going to buy it. <laughs> That's oh, you're sure. ta- okay. Cyber tra- oh, so like the Tesla's and yeah. The El Camino okay. that had a baby with a DeLorean. Yes. That's okay. Like. That, it's coming back. It's coming back to me. They're ugly. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, I think I side with you yes, on that. So if you. You need, if you need help, I'll. Yes. Yes. That. But there's absolutely. much better options. Yes. <laughs> or at least wait a while until it gets more like integrated and there'll be a better, there'll right. be a better design yep. coming up. Totally agree. Oh my gosh. That's funny. Kind of going back to a little of entering service and going into boot, boot camp. I'm fascinated to know because what, what I've seen in movies, which are always true, is that military oh, is that military training can be quite difficult. So I'm fascinated to know just how that was um, just for you as a as a woman joining in. I'm taking it like, please correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm guessing might have been pretty male dominated. Yeah, of course, especially in the Marine Corps. So when I joined, it was one in 100 uh, were females. So... I went to boot camp and I was expecting to be with girls who look like men, you know, like you, you just think the worst, but I actually had a beautiful platoon of incredible women who, I mean, I just, I literally, I could not believe it. 
some of the most amazing people I have ever had the privilege of being around were in my platoon and boot camp who come from all different walks of life. Um, some of them were moms, single moms who had to leave their kids with their parents because they wanted a job that had insurance and good pay and could go to college. Like it was just incredibly humbling. And here I was this like alcoholic brat who just wanted to escape from where I was from, you know, to hopefully do better. But it, it was, it was truly humbling to be around some of those women. And I'm still very, I mean, my best friend to this day, uh, we met in boot camp. Like she is my best friend for life. Um, she's from New York and it was my first time meeting somebody from New York and it was crazy. They all thought I was this like hillbilly farm lady. But so once, once you graduate from boot camp and you do all the rest of your training, you get out and what's known as the fleet, which is basically the workforce. It's the nine to five part of it, but yes, uh, male dominated, absolutely male dominated. Um, I was, I think one of four females in my entire barracks, which is where you live. Mm-hmm. Um, and we all slept in the same room. So there's three to four people in one room. That's probably the size of your living room. It's crowded, but that's just how it is. And you get hit on a lot. There's a lot of sexual harassment, but it's also a lot of those poor guys have nothing to choose from, you know? (laughs) So like a part of you is like, oh man, I can't blame them for, you know, the, the flirting and the hitting on you. But then the ones who actually did the sexual harassing, it was like, F you, you know, like you don't have to be that way. Mm-hmm. But you, you grow tough skin. You kind of learn to just ignore it over time. I guess in those types of situations with some that kind of you turn to the community you did have, you know, or just how. Of course. Yeah. And there's, there's things in place now. There's protocol that if someone is advancing you in a certain way, there's um something called a, uh, um, oh my gosh, something victim advocate, SBO or SBA. I can't remember the terminology for it now, but it's an appointed person in your unit that you can go and make a report to basically just, it's like your HR for the military because they, they take those things very seriously. So it's one thing having some jokester talking crap and making dirty jokes like that's just whatever. But then you've actually got the creeps who say things when it's just you and that person alone, like mm-hmm. cleaning a bathroom and you're like, okay, I got to go. <laughs> right. Like, get me out of here, guy. Right. Has there been any other big just changes or just ways that the military life has evolved since the time that you were there, you know, to now, Absolutely. you know, with Juan still serving? Absolutely. Lots of things. So social media, right. Um, mm-hmm. Cell phones in general. So in, you know, in 2007, yeah, everybody had phones. But we weren't all um, on Instagram. Some of us were on Facebook, but it wasn't a thing to like post your whole day, all day long. Mm -hmm. Used to, it was like, Chelsea is going to dinner with friends. Like, you know, like you would maybe update your status, but that was it. So now there's actually like people in the military who have to watch social media pages for things that are against the rules. Mm-hmm. And Marines have gotten kicked out and gotten in trouble for commenting oh, wow. and posting and liking things. So yeah, that has changed a lot. And also a big thing that was um, repealed when I was in was don't ask, don't tell, which was you could not be openly um, gay. 
So it was, that was a really big deal. And now they have, um, changes that my husband has seen firsthand, um, of Marines who can now be openly trans. So Mm -hmm. it's just like the Marine Corps is always changing. That is a phrase that you will hear as a Marine. You're going to hear it all the time. The Marine Corps is always changing. You've got to change with it. Like you've got to be able to be flexible and roll with it or you'll get left behind. Right. So it's always changing. It's crazy. Does the kind of the mentality of the Marine or the attitude of Marine, has that changed as well? Or is that something that's kind of has has remained constant? Yeah. So the mentality is the Marine Corps is a very like prideful branch in a good way. I feel like we have the hardest and the longest boot camp. We have um, specialized combat training. We are have the hardest fitness tests. We're the first ones in last one's out, you know, it's, it's, that's why the Marine Corps says, um, we're first to fight because it's the truth. So we kind of have earned that pridefulness, I guess you could say. So that pridefulness doesn't go anywhere, but your attitude has to be within the legal bounds of the rules of the Marine Corps. So you can't, if a rule is changed. Um, so if someone is against, you know, an LGBTQ lifestyle, they can't be hateful about it. Um, that is against the law. And so people are protected in the military, which is not how it used to be. So, you know, yes, things change, but the prideful mentality is with everybody. Yeah. Looking back, looking back at it, is there a highlight or milestone just from, from that season of life that you look, look back on uh, fondly? Yeah. So I got to do something really cool. I was stationed at Camp Lejeune, which is in Jacksonville, North Carolina. And there was a, it's called the SOTG command. It was a special operations training group. And I got selected as one of six females who got to go role play. So we got to go dress up as, I don't even know an eloquent way to put this, as terrorist aggressors. (laughs) Oh, wow. Yes. So... (laughs) I know, right? I'm going to, somebody's going to get butt hurt. So I am, we had to dress up and head to toe, which is called a niqab, which is um, what was, you know, originally some females were recruited by the Taliban way back when Mm -hmm. to detonate themselves. So we were recruited to be those women to help teach um, the, the riot control teams that were being deployed, how to search and neutralize these women. So I got to go basically get beat up uh, for two weeks. Not, you know, not horribly, but I had to be like a prisoner. I had to be like kidnapped, like all this crazy stuff. But I lived out in a tent for two weeks out in the field with just some of the coolest dudes I've ever met who really were the ones who were, they were in infantry. They were the ones out there doing Mm -hmm. the things and got to really just meet some incredible souls who told me so many great stories and could probably out drink anybody I've ever met on this planet. (laughs) Oh my gosh. But it was, it was just a, it was a very different experience, but it was, it was cool. Like I really enjoyed it. And I look back on that fondly. That's awesome. You meant, um, you mentioned the word cool. And that brings us to our, uh, our midpoint of the conversation. So this is a question that uh, we wanted uh, wanted to ask everyone. I don't know why I keep saying we. It's I, I want to ask every, <laughs> everybody. You know, I don't have any team 
team of production <laughs> behind, behind That's this. funny. <laughs> so, uh, but yes, that comes to our midpoint question. And that is, what is a moment um, in your life earlier or late, later uh, that made you feel like the coolest person in the world? Okay. So I've pondered this and it's, I feel like it's going to sound so lame, but getting married young. I love my Nana and my Papa. May God rest his soul. He passed away last year, but they got married at 18 and 19 years old and loved each other and had the coolest, most fun marriage. I mean, God, being, I don't know. I just thought of being married for like 50 or 60 years. It's just something that I wanted. And so when my husband and I got married, I was, I just turned 22 and he was 20. And I was just like, mm, I did it. You know, <laughs> like, I wanted to be married young. I wanted to have kids young. I wanted, I want to be a young grandma. So I just felt like, you know, my Nana's cool. So anything, you know, to be like my Nana was something on my to-do list. And I just, I really loved being married young. (laughs) Sweet Nana. Uh, Yeah. Right. She's awesome. And you're on good track uh, to hit that, that 50, 50 mark. So I'm telling you. Yeah. I'm telling you, I'm tired. You were on a, you're on a good pace. What is a, just for my, as a low, as a lowly civilian, and just what can I see? um, I feel like there's kind of this, I feel like when you see it in TV TV and and movies, there's always this kind of a conception of life after the military or any Mm -hmm. kind of armed forces that it's this traumatic. You can't, you can't adjust back to everyday everyday life you know it, it's always someone struggling which I'm you know I'm I know it's probably a reality for for many so but yeah I guess mm-hmm. for you I guess to bring more I guess clarity to kind of that no, notion how's it been how's yeah. it been for you kind of since kind of mo- moving out of the service realm and now kind of back into the job you're the role you're in now and having a family and all that so I would say there is definitely an adjustment period because as with a lot of military branches, especially among the enlisted, your choice of vocabulary is not the most professional. So we would, I mean, you can openly just cuss, talk dirty, talk, tell dirty <laughs> joke. And that is so not acceptable in a corporate workplace. So that for me, you know, I got out and I went to college. So I was among, I was with students who were funny and who would say things, but like I would drop the F-bomb in a casual conversation and they would be like, whoa, (laughs) like, whoa, like, why are you being so aggressive? And I'm like, oh, I just use that as an adjective. Like, I'm sorry, (laughs) you know? (laughs) So a lot of it was just learning to read the room, you know, read the room, grow up and, and just kind of really learn to be a professional in your language and your actions. Don't get mad at everything. You know, don't, you can't cuss somebody out because you don't like their ideas or rules. So it's more of just, it's a slight attitude adjustment, which does take a little while. It does take some time, but now I work in a corporate setting and I am super professional all the time (laughs) (laughs) where I can't wait to get off of work on Friday and just cuss and tell my husband (laughs) dirty jokes. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it's just like bursting at the seams by, yes. by Friday when it's Friday at like 4 4 p.m yes. you just you're you can't stand it I know I gotta sit on the porch with him and just be like let's talk about our days 
I've heard before, yeah. I've heard before that like doctors make the worst patients because yes. of how much they know. Yes. Does the same, same or something similar to apply as being married, like being married to a Marine when you are a former Marine? So no. So actually it, it, um, it helps a lot. So imagine your wife knowing that your wife gets off work at five o'clock, you know, that when she gets off work, she's going to call you at five because those are the rules of her job. She's going to, you know, call you and say, Hey, I'm on my way home or Hey, I'm off. You want me to stop at the grocery store, you know, whatever. So in the military, there is not that (laughs) there is Mm -hmm. no, Oh, we're off at five. You may hear a rumor that you're getting off at, you know, five o'clock or six o'clock, mm-hmm. but you, until that person is in their car coming home until they're home, they're not off work. So a lot of women who, and men who marry into the military get really frustrated at the little things that don't bother us as much because we know, oh, well, they say they're getting off at four 30, but they might not. Right. Um, it's little things like that. Things are always changing. There's, there's a saying called hurry up and wait where mm-hmm. you'll get somewhere and be told that something's going to start, but then you're sitting around for two hours waiting for it to start. Mm-hmm. So I just assume when my husband leaves to work in the morning, I don't know what time he's going to come home. Like it may be noon or it may be nine o'clock at night. I don't know. So you've really just got to be flexible and roll with it. So I think being active duty myself and knowing that things are always changing and are super frustrating. Mm-hmm. Um, it really helps. So I just give him some grace and that's really it. That's really sweet. That does sound like kind of an important lesson Yes, to learn, to learn, to just kind of have a, a long wick when it comes to yes. uh, those situations. Yeah, it really is. And like, I'll make dinner and, and if he's not home, I just put a plate in the microwave and it's there, <laughs> you know, like, here you go. <laughs> Hey, so you mentioned, uh, yeah, you mentioned that sometimes there's cereal for dinner or popping something in the microwave. What is your like go to? Yeah. Hey, I, I don't got anything. We're just going to have this thing real quick. What is, what's your go to? So if I'm cooking something, it's generally pasta. I love Costco. I don't know if you shop there, but they yes. have this big, wonderful jar of basil pesto. I keep a jar of that in my refrigerator and some frozen pasta in the freezer, mm-hmm. you know, like chicken and spinach or whatever. And that is my go-to quick. I can get, I can have that ready. And my kids think it's just like gourmet meal. Otherwise it's cereal. <laughs> what, what's the go-to cereal? Honey nut yeah. Cheerios. Yes. Oh my yeah, God. I've been are, on a huge honey nut Cheerios kick. Yes. We Let's are see. honey nut Cheerios people for life. <laughs> We're we're yeah. allowed to give Cecilia, our daughter, uh, the regular Cheerios. Yeah, and I took a bite. Of, I took a bite of one, and I was like, I could really go for honey nut Cheerios right now. And now, yes, I've been getting like family size every week. Heck yeah, <laughs> the multi-grain ones aren't bad either. So, right. so I'm uh, I'm also uh, privy to the apple cinnamon if I'm feeling frisky. Yep, uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's um, funny. Yeah, this has been. Uh, an amazing, amazing experience to chat with you and get to uh, re- reconnect. So I really appreciate you coming on. Yeah, absolutely. So our final final thing that I like to wrap everything up with is just what's, what's the last thing big or small that brought you joy? So having a kiddo with down syndrome, right? You get a little nervous trying to include them 
and activities, you know, that are outside of the house. So I actually was able to enroll him in preschool yesterday after calling and asking if they would even, you know, allow him to be there. And they welcomed him with open arms and were super accommodating to everything. And so that like actually made me cry a little bit. Uh, I was just really happy. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I was like super weepy and was like, Oh, don't look at me. Um, but (laughs) he, I'm just happy that he is going to get to have a preschool experience and get to play and be with other kids. And that made me really happy. So that is awesome. That brings me joy, joy to hear. Yeah. And I already got him a little backpack. So those pictures will be up. I'm excited. I'm so excited. I will be on the lookout. Yeah. Um, So uh, (laughs) as we, as we wrap up, is there anything you want to give a shout out to again, your Instagram, Mrs. Movie. You can also follow Mr. Movie. Yes. Yes. That's my husband. (laughs) Um, No, I would just like to reiterate because my husband will hear this, that um, we both think the Cybertruck is ugly. So if there's any yes. any takeaways I want from this podcast, it is please, everyone, do not buy the Cybertruck. No, it looks like an El Camino had a baby with a DeLorean. That's very good. So, yeah. So, so dear Juan, um, <laughs> <laughs> you can't you can't buy that. There's going to be better ones down the line. Just be patient; they'll pay off. Yes. Pay now off the cyber new. the cyber minivan. You know. Oh, there we go. We'll see. So when this we'll comes see. out, you can just tell Juan, like, hey, can you just fast forward to like the last last minute? <laughs> yeah, that's really the only part you need to listen, listen to. Oh my gosh, that's so funny. <laughs> so all right, Chelsea. Uh that will uh that's all that's all I got for you. So awesome. Thank, thank you. Thank, thank you so thank you so much. Take it easy. And uh yeah, hope to have you on. We can have you on again soon. There's no limit, yeah. limit, limit. Limited if I'm then. if I'm interesting enough, I'm gladly I'm happy to be on here. <laughs> and the family is well; they are welcome. We can have a we can have a popsicle. Oh my ball gosh! Yes, right. Um, we can yeah we can have a family family popsicle chat. So I'm all for it. Awesome <laughs> for that. So appreciate you. 